gentlemen, hear them pour. It's the Beer Geeks Radio Hour on WILK. Welcome, everybody, to the Beer Geeks here on WILK, the area's only beer-centric radio show. There might be snippets, there might be short ones, but we got the full hour because we truly love the beer. That's That's all right. (laughs) (laughs) Eh, What else are you going to do? You know, I build it up and Matt just kind of comes in and just goes, "Eh." that's what I do. (laughs) So this week we're taking a look at another great brewery. We have Funky Buddha Brewery from Florida going to be joining us. We're going to be talking to John Lynn later on in the show. I got a lot of really good beers from them, a lot of cool things going on. Uh, Before we get into anything, though, we'll do a little roundtable because I never really get a chance to introduce. Well, I shouldn't say get a chance. I always forget to introduce everybody. So we have uh, Matt from Massive Beer Reviews joining us. Yay. Billy from Backyard Ale House. What's up? The handsome Billy. And George from George is also in the studio with us. So uh, before we get into anything, though, let's get into a little bit of news this week. Now, uh, we talked about it before, the AB InBev, SAB Miller deal. Uh, Well, it was finalized this week for $107 billion. Uh, You know, unfortunately, my bid of 106.9 was Mm -hmm. just, I just missed it, you know. Uh, But there's a a little twist, though, with this finalization. Uh, AB InBev is actually selling uh, SAB Miller's 58% stake in Miller Coors to Molson Coors uh, for a deal that's worth $12 billion in cash, so... So they're just separating the North they're American just, market. Yep, they're yep. just separating they that out. Bust that apart. Yeah. yeah. So they're they're going to take it. I think I, there was reasoning behind that one. It, it almost it seems like maybe that was what the negotiations were all about to begin mm-hmm. with. Kind of you know to figure out how to get around that. Yeah. yeah. That's I mean that's that's where that one's going to go. So that was kind of that was one of the things that we'd even uh, talked about on here before. It was going to be interesting to see in North America how it's going to happen because if all that went through, that company would have controlled seventy percent of the North American beer market. So yeah, people would be a little upset about that. <laughs> so that's one of the ways they're differentiating them and putting them apart. Um, also, Beer Camp for uh, Sierra Nevada was announced this week. They have the breweries involved. Now, last year had 12 different breweries from around the country. This year, or for 2016, they're actually going to have 30 breweries wow. broken up into six regions of the United States. So there's a lot of really cool things going on. And uh, they actually went they went really deep. I don't know if you saw any of these, George, because there was one brewery that made me think of you. Trillium's going to be part of it, too. I was too. just about to say. Yeah, there's a lot of really... They, they really... You could tell whoever is in control of these are really... no. They have a good knowledge of what's going on in the beer world and looking at specific breweries and they're, they're getting ones that have some hype around them that are small up-and-comers like they're just really paying attention and actually another one that's part of it is the, our guest today Funky Buddha is also going to be a part of the whole beer camp thing so they really are bulking this up because I mean it was a huge hit last year for everybody and people were going nuts for those uh, they do a mixed 12 pack that was a little weird because it was cans and bottles so I don't kind of made it a little mess. It, it's together. funny when you think about it, but Mike Kane, when we when we visited Kane uh, two weeks ago or mm-hmm. last week, um, specifically mentioned beer camp. You oh, know yeah, how they, right, yeah. you know how they, you know have water for this and water for yeah. that, and he's like, well, what do you need all these waters? You know, <laughs> yeah. Then he gets into it, and he's like, oh, I get it now. Yeah, you know? there, there's like so. That's what's interesting to see is just like this collaborative effort just across the board from Sierra Nevada, working with all these great breweries. So it'd be interesting to see because there were some really good ones that came out of it last year. And now they're going to be beefing it up to thirty. So. You can't. Uh, you have even better chance of getting better ones out of that one. Yeah, some people want to go to space camp. I want to go to beer camp. <laughs> I don't know if I, I didn't see anything if they're going to be doing the traveling that they did last year because last year they made a, there was a big lead up to the opening of the new brewery in North Carolina. That was the whole they went cross country, stopping at a few select cities, one of them being Philadelphia too, and then ended it in North Carolina at the new brewery. I don't know if they're going to be doing anything. I would imagine if they're getting more and more involved, they're going to do something somewhat similar to that. Now that they have that ability. To do cross country between the two breweries, so we'll see. Uh, so some of the new beers to now. Deschutes has their Abyss, which we all know and love. Uh, they announced this year they're going to be doing three different versions of it, which would be really awesome. They have one that is a 100% cognac barrel, which I cannot wait to try that one because I love anything cognac barrel. Then they also have 100% rye whiskey barrel, and, of course, just the regular Abyss, too. So that would be really awesome to see what they wind up doing with those. Yeah, and it's, uh, it's unusual. A lot of times they're uh, bigger bottles or wax bottles or blends of uh, yeah. a little bit of a barrel and then non-barrel stuff to see them do 100% barrels going to be fun. Yeah, no, and it's awesome too because it's like they, it, the reason they're doing this is to celebrate 10 years of having the Abyss out there and that is a beer that every year that comes out people go nuts for and you see a ton of people celebrating that that's one that's really nice, nicely ages over time. So that'd be good to see how they wind up doing that one. Uh, El Segundo Brewery <laughs> released their Broken Skull IPA which was a, yeah, you'll appreciate this George, a beer brewed with Stone Cold Steve Austin. <laughs> 
Nice. <laughs> so I don't, I'm not going to speak to it if it's good or not because I have absolutely no idea. Um, but yep, and it's out there now. So I've, I've never had an El Segundo beer. I've never heard of them. But if they yeah. don't have a beer called I Left My Wallet, I will never drink one of their beers. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is the, the dipping point for that one. Uh, uh, Sam Adams now, actually, this week they announced that the Utopius is now on shelves this year. Uh, phenomenal beer. Oh. Loosely, <laughs> loosely tagged beer. If you have ever had it, you you know what that means. Uh, it drinks more like a cognac. It's in a really beautiful bottle, but uh, that comes out every two years, and this year's is out now. And the brewery Fourth Meal is also out, which is a collaboration with Maine Beer Company. So that's another really awesome one because you know Maine does their lunch dinner, so now they have Fourth Meal, which is a collaboration with the brewery. So that's starting to hit shelves now. Is that a Doritos thing? Oh, yeah, that's that Taco Bell thing. I don't know if Taco Bell's in Taco Bell, yeah. yeah. it was a Taco Bell. Oh, there, here we go. Lawsuit City, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe they make it with uh, chimichangas or something. Beer News next week. <laughs> yeah, Beer News next week will be Taco Bell is involved in a lawsuit. No, this is definitely my favorite time for the beer releases. I think I love this in between the holidays uh, even more because there's just so many really good big beers that come out. You know, in the fall, we get into everything's pumpkin, whether you like it or not. It's just that's it has some pumpkin leaning no matter what. Now we get into a lot of stouts and a lot of different high Gravity beers, yeah, and they're not fo- they're not worried about putting in different flavor variations. It's just like a big beefed up stout, barrel aged this and stuff like that, and it's just pure. It's so funny because it's like everybody dreads the whole Christmas thing, and when you go to like a mall or department store, oh, Christmas stuff is out too early. When you you start seeing all these Christmas beers start popping up, you get a little bit excited. It's like you know your own little thing. Instead of being angry at it, you're happy it's there early. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, well, the pumpkin beers come out in like July. You know, but yeah. the the Christmas beers because pumpkin season is kind of dominates the fall. Yeah. That you know, by the time everything you know hits the hits the road running, like you know, it, it is actually appropriate time. Yeah, it makes sense to have this now. Yeah, yeah. And that, that's and it, it's also like people have been complaining because that's actually getting pushed a little earlier to where some of them are coming out in October, but it does you don't notice that as much because it's not as bizarre seeming because it is starting to get a little colder. Yeah. So it's not as uh, offensive, I guess we'll say. So let's get into some of these beers. So we had we already wound up having one of them as we were working through all that. We had the Florida Hefeweizen which is a 5.6% ABV Hefe. Uh you know, what's interesting with this brewery, which I want to get into when we get into the interview, is just having this, and we had when we had Wayne on from Cigar City a while ago, talking about brewing some of these beers being in Florida. You think them being lighter is just, you know, that's kind of goes hand in hand. They've gotten into some really different, bigger beers. And this, the Florida half of Bison is definitely something you picture drinking while you're down in Florida. I mean, it's just like a really light half of Bison. Like I said, 5.6%. Nothing really offensive, just like some touches of lemon and things like that, a little bit of coriander, but just a really easy drinking. You can kind of have that one on the beach, which not a bad thought right now since it's a cold weekend. Yeah, leave it to us you know, when we have like the coldest weekend of the year. Yeah, we bring Florida up a Florida brewery, brewery just to rub it in our own faces. <laughs> yeah, I like pain. You know, I'm into that whole thing. But uh, so we've uh, now we're, we just poured into our glass. We're having some of the. This is their Hop Gun uh, American I, I, IPA, seven point zero zero percent ABV. So right on the dot there. Uh, just like another, you know, going right at it. Like that. What's cool with this brewery is, you know, I want to also get into the, the naming behind it and everything. But it's just they're they're very much. Uh, you can tell with what they do, very focused on culinary type things. Like just even with all the other beers, you'll see as we get into some of these. And it's nice with the, these first two starting out. Like these are just straight styles like there's nothing crazy going on the other ones we'll get into get a little little out there a little crazy yeah they're known for and, and people take this word badly sometimes adjuncty because they're i mean yeah on the core elements everything's an adjunct but they're they're very creative with a lot of stuff they do so to get the core line stuff and uh, it's pretty nice yeah you know? and so this is like a definitely taking a sip of this it's more chewy i guess is the best way to describe this one this is kind of like a, a chewier ipa it doesn't have that really bone dry finish but it just got that chewy characteristic to it you almost feel like you're biting into it's not sweet it doesn't have like a candy hopness but it just feels like you're biting into some kind of like solid caramel hop thing i don't know how to describe it, without it being sweet yeah it's not to me this is not like it's like a middle beer it's not east and it's not west it's more like yeah it's more like floral dankness you know what i mean as, <laughs> as, as opposed to like juicy sweetness or pininess yeah, yeah, no, that's a great way to put it. It's kind of in the riding in the middle. Yep. And it says also meet your new wingman on the 
on the on the label. <laughs> well, Hopgun. Yeah, Hopgun. Yeah, I, I, I definitely see the uh, Tomcat uh, 14 Tomcat uh, firing hop missiles. Billy, you're you know. dangerous. <laughs> you're dangerous, man. Oh. Aren't they remaking? Aren't they remaking Top Gun? I was another one. They that are, and, and Tom oh. Cruise is in it. No, is yeah, it really? It's, it's it's like it's, it might be good. Yeah, I, I don't know. I I just can can they get away with the volleyball scene the, the same way? Just the way it was uh, very over the top. I don't know, man. <laughs> there, I, it, it, over the top is that? The Sylvester Stallone right. movie? Oh, that would be better. I want to see that remade. Oh. I, I just turned my hat around backwards. If they remade that, I'd be all aboard. <laughs> if they made, if they remade uh, Over the Top or No Holds Barred. Remember the Hulk Hogan? <laughs> oh, my God. These are the classics, ladies and gentlemen. These are the classics yeah. of the 80s. I just, want a, I just want a Campbell Run remake. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I don't, that yeah one, there you go. That wouldn't get as much. But no, no they, they attempted. Didn't they... Make one that was. I thought they made one that was inspired, but they didn't use the name. I can't think of the name of it right nah, now. Nah, nah, whatever. All right. Well, <laughs> on that note, let's take a break. And when we get back, we're going to be joining on the phone. Uh, John Lynn from Funky Buddha Brewery is going to be joining us, and we're going to dive deep into the brewery and all these cool things we got going on. So stay tuned here on WILK with the Beer Geeks. Believe it or not, winter is right around the corner. So come check out the jackets, sweaters, and long sleeve shirts available at one of the Salvation Army's seven local thrift stores. Some clothes still have the tags on. So call 1-800-SA-TRUCK or visit satruck.org to schedule a pickup. Or better yet, bring your slightly used donations. Get a tax receipt, then check out the great fall bargains. The Salvation Army, serving the most people, meeting the most needs, doing the most good, right here in NEPA. Colbert and Grievous, your experienced local choice for elder law. They were very, very helpful. They put me at ease right from the beginning. It's a relationship that became more than a lawyer and client. They do a wonderful job, and they work very hard to make sure that you get what you need. I have nothing but good things to say about them. Colbert and Grievous, certified elder law attorneys. Call 570-299-7909 or visit elderlawnepa.com. Think you're fat? You might just be bloated. Find out by calling now for a free trial of Nubiotics, the new breakthrough that flattens bloated bellies fast. For a free trial, call 1-800-976-1550. I used to be plagued by pot belly and constant bloating. After taking Nubiotics, my belly flattened and continues to get flatter. My sense of bloating and discomfort is gone. If you've got a big belly, you might not be fat. You might just be bloated. Newbiotics is scientifically formulated with natural ingredients to flatten bloated bellies fast by cleansing pounds of rotting food and toxic sludge from your body. It even combats periodic heartburn and acid reflux. So just think how much better you'll look and feel. Think you might be bloated? Call now for a free trial of Newbiotics and see how much flatter it makes your belly. You might be surprised, but hurry, call now for details while these free trials last. 1-800-976-1550. That's 1-800-976-1550. 1-800-976-1550. Entercom's Elite Eateries, Northeast PA's finest dining and family restaurants, featuring White House Steak and Cheese, 312 East Elm Street in Scranton, and the Iron Skillet Restaurant in DuPont. If you wash your clothes with cold water rather than warmer hot water, not only will you save electricity, but you'll save money on your electric bill too. For more energy-saving ideas, visit wilknewsradio.com and click one thing. Oh, now I'm depressed. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're back here on WLK at the Beer Geeks, and on the phone with us, we have, from Funky Buddha Brewing, we have John Lynn joining us from the brewery. John, how are you doing today, bud? Hey, guys, how are you? Uh, we're doing great. We have some beers in our glass. You know, it's a good day. That's always a good Sunday. <laughs> so, I want to jump in a little bit with this. Now, when did Funky Buddha first open? Uh, well, we started as a brew pub in Boca Raton in uh, 2010. And uh, a few years later, uh, opened up the production facility in June 2013 in uh, South Florida. So uh, we just kind of rode a wave of like you know some some enthusiasm over some of our culinary style beers, and decided, hey, instead of making 30 gallons at a time, we got to you know step up and, and build a brewery. And that's what we did. We've been open about two and a half years now. So now, was that from the the get go kind of uh, the vision for it, or was it just you were starting as a brew pub and then kind of just seeing where it went? 
Not really. I mean, we kind of started just as a craft beer bar. Uh, our owner, Ryan, uh, bought this little little bar and lounge, like 700 square feet, uh, in 2007. And he was one of the first people in South Florida to really be pouring craft beer. Like, we were pouring Dogfish Head and Magic Hat in, like, 2007, which was kind of like the dark ages of craft beer in South Florida for us at the time. So uh, people just loved it. And uh, Ryan was also a home brewer. And so when he got uh, kind of big enough to move into a bigger space, uh, just started brewing there and, and just kind of brewing what he liked. And, um, you know, from there, it just kind of kind of blew up. And, and you know, we just kind of kept meeting that demand until we decided, hey, let's build a brewery. Now, one of the things, too, you know, we had uh, Wayne Wombos on from Cigar City. We, we talked about this a little bit, but I want to get your perspective. It, some of the struggles, maybe, I don't, I don't want to use that word specifically, but probably best describes it, doing a brewery in Florida because, you know, you have that thought of, you know, dark beer in your weather. Uh, it's just kind of a weird thought. You don't really picture people on a beach drinking a big imperial stout. <laughs> that's that's true, but you know I think people down here as they get turned on to craft beer, they just kind of gravitated towards those bigger, bolder, like uh, you know more uh, flavorful styles. And and I don't think the weather really ever came into effect. I think it was just like let's let's embrace this uh, you know this awesome diversity that is craft beer. So there was never even when you first started. Was there what was like the kind of key styles that people you know went into into when they first when you guys first opened up? Well, when we opened up, it was, it was a little, you know, in, in Oakland Park, it was a little bit of, um, you know, kind of a shock, you know, because we, you know, we had this following at the brew pub, uh, mostly of people who were really into craft beer, all the people that were, you know, kind of following us in South Florida. And uh, so we, we figured the clientele would be just like that. But when we opened in Oakland Park, it was all like, you know, neighborhood people, people who had never encountered craft beer before, never been to a brewery. And so we were really kind of, you know educating the area mm-hmm. uh, as we as we opened up and and two years later those people are the ones standing in line for maple bacon coffee porter and freaking out when we have new releases and whatnot so um you know it's just been kind of a sea change in south florida in, in the last two years that's definitely one i want to get into but first where i have to ask this too where does the name come from like where, where did that come from into the scheme of things uh, well, actually, you know, I mentioned Ryan bought a bar. He bought a little bar called the R&R Tea Bar and the Funky Buddha Lounge. And, uh, you know, that was kind of a long name. So he just cut off the R&R Tea Bar part. Uh, he was always a fan of, like, Buddhist iconography. And so he thought, hey, why don't I just, you know, call it the Funky Buddha Lounge? And it, and it sort of stuck from there. Oh, I was hoping it was some kind of he went on this journey, went through all that. <laughs> No, we have like a little marketing spin on it, you know, where we say like, well, you know, we're in pursuit of beer nirvana, but the truth is we, we thought it was a pretty cool name and we stuck with it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it makes sense and it works, Well, I was just, you know, you just kind of have that because of that, uh, you know, Buddha involved, you, you think there's going to be some <laughs> deep awakening or something that went on, but, uh, you know, whatever. So now, with the background you guys have at the brew pub, was that always something, because it really comes across in the beers and in the ingredients you guys use, especially that there's this culinary tie, it was, you know, you mentioned Ryan, was he like a chef in a at, before everything? Like, where does this tie really come in with the, the culinary? <laughs> well, I think Ryan, and then also the rest of us, we're just really big foodies, like beer. And uh, you know, I think for him, it, a lot of it came back to flavor memories from childhood. So, you know, when he came up with maple bacon coffee porter. He was thinking to himself, you know, I just remember what it was like, you know, going to a Waffle House and getting a you know stack of pancakes and a side of bacon and some some coffee to go with it. And you know, kind of same thing for like no crust, like our peanut butter and jelly brown ale. You know, it was like that memory of being a kid and having your mom make you a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and cutting the crust off, you know. Uh, it's just kind of cool memories that really inspire us to, you know, make these flavor combinations that are more than just putting the ingredients in a beer, but also kind of, can, you know, recreating a dish or a moment or something like that. Um, so that's just kind of our unique take on it. I mean, a lot of people down in South Florida and Florida in general are using natural ingredients now, but, mm-hmm. you know, our, our spin on it has always been, you know, let's try to make it, you know, bold and flavorful and kind of recreated experience. Where does the, the, with having that tie in with everything, where does the passion that you guys got getting into craft beer, like what was kind of like the, the beers that led everyone down this path to getting into to doing a brewery? I would assume, because usually from everyone we've talked to, there's usually some kind of tie back. You can kind of see where the inspiration came from. Well, I think for each one of us, it's different. You know, Ryan, uh, you know, he having been a home brewer for many years and just kind of, you know, really, 
hitting this kind of groundswell at the right time of, you know, people getting into craft beer in South Florida and also, you know, not having really experimented with some of these ingredients. Um, you know, I think, I think that was a big inspiration for him. Uh, you know, also he, he is probably the, the beer geekiest amongst us. I mean, he would go, you know, he had dark Lord verticals and, you know, Catherine the great and all this stuff, you know, so he, he was definitely, uh, you know, more the collector. Whereas, um, I, I started in journalism and I was writing about the beer scene when it was up and coming down here and uh, thought, well, you know, journalism is kind of tanking and craft beer is on the rise. Why don't I get into that? So I got into the distribution side. and um, But I mean, you know, South Florida is such a young craft beer market in general. Uh, you know, like I said, about, you know, eight years ago, you know, craft beer was just getting introduced uh, in a real way. So. You know, I think some of the first beers that <laughs> kind of turned me onto it would be like, you know, either imports or you know uh, something like Yingling. You know, where you know this is a this is a starter beer. This is kind of gets you down the road of trying something new and exciting. Oh yeah, you're we're in Pennsylvania, so you're talking to the right people about Yingling in here. But <laughs> exactly. <laughs> now, one of the other things with Florida, um, were there beer laws? I mean, I don't know if you can really get into this as much, but like beer laws, you guys kind of had to overcome as you made that transition. Because I mean, I know every state has just the most bizarre things on the books. Yeah, I mean, probably the most the most famous Florida beer law that people kind of freak out about a little bit is. Um, is the is the growler mm-hmm. uh, bill and how that changed in the past couple of years and um, I mean that was definitely more of a you know something for consumers to, to make make their lives easier you know you want to be able to get those sixty four ounce growlers and use those whereas Florida that was an illegal package but um, back in two thousand one you know that, there were there were a lot of restrictions on package size and it wasn't just growlers that you couldn't get uh, bombers you couldn't get uh, you know three hundred seventy five milliliter bottles I mean so. There were there were a lot of different package sizes that were illegal prior to 2001, and that's one of the reasons cra- that craft beer started booming in the 2000s. Was you know finally you could get bombers in Florida and you could get you know imports, and so that that really kind of drove people to get interested in craft beer and then get interested in homebrewing. And now you're seeing this wave of of people starting to brew here. But um, you know you mentioned like you know like Wayne and Cigar City. I mean they had a very different experience, and I think a lot of other breweries around the state will have entirely different experiences because a lot of it relies on local municipality, you know, the local city, you know, what are their attitudes towards it? And, you know, we got really lucky and feel really fortunate that we opened in a city that embraced the vision and embraced the idea of let's have a community hub and a brewery uh, and, and try, try to build the area. Um, so they were really receptive and, and worked with us to kind of make that happen. No, it's, it's, it's just an interesting thing because there's so many, I mean, we had, uh, um, Omar from Surly on with everything going on in Minnesota. Like, just the laws are just so bizarre because we kind of get used to our own things. And then you start to hear about what's going on in other states, and you, you don't understand why. I guess some states are, are more it's seemingly progressive than others with the amount of breweries going on. It's just interesting to get a firsthand look on how it affected you guys as you were growing because there's so much that can hold you back. And we've heard from numerous breweries that are held back by the laws that are going on in their states. Yeah, totally. I mean, there's states all around us where, you know, tasting rooms can't sell their beer or you can only serve 32 ounces of beer and it has to be sampled. And, you know, I mean, we've never had that in Florida. So I guess on that aspect, we're really lucky. But at the same time, you know, we're not Massachusetts or Colorado where there's self-distribution and franchise law reform. And so there's, you know, there's there's definitely work to be done here. But um, I think we're pretty lucky. And again, I think it just comes down to kind of where you live and where you're going to open that brewery. You know, the, the city cities have to approve everything, the zoning, and you know that could be one of the biggest challenges just on that local level. And so, shout out to Oakland Park; they're awesome, and <laughs> we feel very uh, much at home there. Now, did did the Oakland Park brewery come before the lounge, or which one came first? Uh, we opened the brewery in 2013, so the lounge had already been brewing for three years. Okay, so you went from the lounge to the expanded to the brewery. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, we, we kind of, you know, struck gold with a few of those those beers that I would mentioned before. And, you know, people started taking an interest on Beer Advocate and Rate Beer, and we got started getting invited to things like Extreme Beer Fest. And, yeah, that's when Ryan kind of got with his brother, Casey, and then eventually they brought me on board. And we said, "Hey, let's let's build a brewery. Let's let's make more than a small amount of beer we've been making. People want it." So now, the one of the things too that you guys got really well known for is the the maple bacon coffee porter because it has such a loyal following. Um, kind of when you first brewed that, I would imagine that was there kind of just a lot of puzzled looks on people's face because you're putting bacon in the beer to, to people, and it's kind of <laughs> bizarre to them. Yeah, I think the you know the word bacon in a beer at the time. I mean, it, it just was. 
you know, people are like, what? You know, a lot of double takes, a lot of people thinking like, you know, this is going to be disgusting. It's going to taste like meat. What's it going to taste like? And uh, I think we've, you know, we're, we're lucky enough that people have liked the beer. And, and so after trying it, they've, they've said, you know, Hey, this is actually pretty good. And, and so I, I think, I think the, Naming it so bluntly with the ingredients that 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 we're kind of putting to the forefront of the beer, uh, I think has has been a big help, you know, to its success. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, ultimately, when people try it and they they enjoy it and they they realize it's kind of a cool, nuanced beer, you know, then they come back for more. So, you know, first year we did it, uh, you know, we did it at the lounge first off, and it was just, you know, draft only, and you know, people were coming in and they were taking, you know, sniffers at the bar and pouring them into water bottles and trading <laughs> them on on eBay. <laughs> But, uh, but you know, the first time we released it, you know, in bottles officially was at the brewery, uh, you know, in, in, in January 2014. So we're getting ready to do it for a third time, and each time it's gotten bigger. I think 1,500 people showed up the first time or something like that. Maybe it was a little bit more. And then uh, last year, 7,000 showed up. And this year we're kind of changing the format a little bit to – to try to anticipate, you know, something we can't handle. So uh, we're making a ticketed event. Well, we all know that bacon makes the world go round, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think bacon's one thing that's not going to go out of style, right? You know, everybody loves it, and uh, I don't think that's changing anytime soon. Now, you guys also do a lot with um, with uh, your local community and stuff like that. I actually have a friend, um, I've read a bunch of stuff, but a friend of mine actually lives down there. He moved down there um, a few years ago, and he did a fundraiser for one of his friends' kids had cancer at your lounge, so he told me you guys were really active with the community, doing kind of charity stuff and outreach stuff, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, we, you know, really feel like it's important to be a part of the community and to give back. You know, we're really lucky and that we have a lot of fans, and, uh, you know, you know, obviously it helps us get our name out, but it also helps us, you know, feel like we have a purpose, you know. We get asked for beer, we get asked for, you know, to be involved in things all the time, and, you know, if we can take a part in something charitable and you know, feel like we're doing some good, then... You know, it's a win-win for everybody. So we've done things at the brewery, like, you know, we did a benefit for uh, for a, a young boy in, in a nearby town who had uh, fallen into the swimming pool and almost drowned. And, you know, his family was, you know, riddled with medical bills. And so that was that was an awesome feeling to do that. And, you know, we do stuff with the United Way and the American Lung Association and just all kinds of stuff. So I, I think it's just important to, you know, if, we, if, if we're going to be getting ourselves out there, let's do it in the right way and let's, yeah. let's get back to the community at the same time. No, I think that's like such an important thing to have that, and, and you see that so much, and that's what's helping everything grow is because it's not just a business that you guys are part of what's happening. Now, one of the other things that's cool that you guys just had open on November 11th, I have down here, uh, your your craft food counter and kitchen. Now, was that, you know, you're getting back into the, the, the brew, tub, brew pub type thing. Wow, it's hard to say quick. Uh, was that kind of something you guys had as a goal to kind of get back into doing that, or, or is this something totally different from what you were doing? It's, it's pretty. It's pretty different, you know. We've we've always had kind of snacks and 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 kind of easy food at the brew pub, and um, you know. But at, at the brewery, we've since we've opened, we've invited food trucks out, and we've had a good good list of food trucks. The food truck scene in South Florida is pretty cool, so we've been able to get some of the best out, and you know, kind of bring them out every night to make sure that our customers have something to eat and you know uh, so, something to enjoy while they're drinking our beer. So, um, you know, at the beginning, it was just kind of like, man, we're we're still getting a grasp on you know what it takes to run a brewery and to run a wholesale business and then to run the production side and also a tap room. So we didn't really want to mess with the food aspect, but you know, after a couple of years under our belt, you know, we decided, Hey, let's, let's take control of our destiny here. Let's, let's do some food pairings. Let's, let's get a great chef in here who can cook with beer and, you know, really put some emphasis on, on what we like, which is food and beer together. I mean, mm-hmm. we're, like I said before, we're foodies and you know, I used to be a restaurant critic and so food is just such a, you know, what we do, we thought this, now's the time to, to bring it back. So yeah, we've been open for, you know, I think five days, four days, something like that yeah. uh, with food and it's been great so far. Now, when you were laying out the menu for everything, did this kind of get the uh, the old gears grinding in the brains for everybody making new beers as far as working with the food now specifically to have those two things immediately paired right there? Yeah, definitely. I think, uh, you know, we, we we're kinds of ideas. Uh, you know, it's it's fall here in, in, in Florida, which means it's like five degrees As cooler than fall it usually in quotations, is, uh, which is a pretty big difference. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so most recently, Ryan's been working on uh, like a mold beer with spices that you, you drink warm. And uh, so that's pretty cool. I mean, there's all there's all kinds of things that we're working with now that we have a chef and kind of um, 
you know, one quick story. This guy, uh, the guy that we actually hired uh, a few years ago, he worked for a hotel nearby, a, a hotel and resort. And uh, we wanted, we don't really make pumpkin beers. We make a sweet potato casserole beer, mm-hmm. which is our, you know, kind of take on the fall beer category. Uh, but um, a few years ago, he had a 600-pound uh, pumpkin, uh, an Atlantic giant pumpkin in his lobby. So he asked us if we want to make a beer out of that. And we're like, absolutely. We have absolutely no way of, of processing this huge pumpkin. So he cut it up and roasted it and you know, caramelized it. And it was just like this really rich, dark you know, pumpkin flavor. And we got all the juices and made like the best pumpkin beer out of it. Only, only a small pilot batch. But, uh, you know, stuff like that, you know, having a chef... That, that has done that and, and is able to process some ingredients to do some cool things with the brewery is exciting and it's something I think we're going to do more of in the future. Oh, I can see a lot of great pairings coming out of this one. Now, as far as distribution for you guys, where where can people find your beer outside of Florida? So we're, we're pretty much exclusive to Florida, except I will say that we have sent some beer here and there to Philadelphia. Uh, so we're that's exciting for us. And it's definitely a market that, you know, in the future we hope to expand upon. You know, I don't think we want to do the typical regional brewery thing and kind of climb up the coast and maybe go, you know, to Georgia next or South Carolina next. But, you know, since we were lucky enough to kind of have – you know, this this almost national buzz about us from the get-go. Um, you know, we want to maintain focus on that. You know, Philadelphia has been a town where we've typically, you know, taken part in Philly Beer Week every year. And, you know, we, we go to Boston to Extreme Beer Fest every year. So these are areas that we're looking at. Hey, once we grow outside of Florida, you know, these are probably areas that we're going to look at doing first. So uh, I guess good news for, for your fans out That's there. It's proper, though. Eye for an eye. You know, Yingling comes in, and builds a yeah. brewery in Florida. You might as well come up here to PA and fight back a little bit. Exactly, yeah. I feel like it's a it's like an exchange program. <laughs> so we have in our glass now some last snow. So what was kind of the, the thought and inspiration behind this to have, like, a coconut chocolate porter? Because I wouldn't I would not imagine one of these coming out of Florida for, when, you know, whatever reason. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely one of, uh, one of the most sought-after beers we do, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've been doing it since probably 2011 at the lounge. And, um, you know, the idea behind it originally was just, you know, we have these snowbirds that come down and this was like a fond farewell to them, you know, maybe a nicer fe- farewell than we might give them on the roads or something like that here. But uh, <laughs> it was like, uh, you know, it was like, you know, let's make, make this rich wintry kind of a beer. And, uh, you know, it's got that, that coconut, the, the coffee, it's got some notes of chocolate in there. We use a lot of lactose in the beer to give it a nice mouthfeel. And, um, so we release that twice a year now uh, at, at no particular time uh, that has to do with snowbirds, but just uh, February and August, basically. And um, that's probably the August batch that you guys are drinking right there. Yeah, well, it's it's phenomenal. All of us uh, have a big smile on everybody's face in here. So what, what are some other new beers you guys have coming out in the, the recent time, upcoming times? Uh, well, as I mentioned right now, we're in our uh, fall season, so we've got a, a sweet potato casserole out on shelves right now, which is kind of our take on a pumpkin beer. We use sweet potatoes instead of pumpkin, uh, some spices, and uh, lots and lots of marshmallow. Um, so it actually does taste like a, you know, like a sweet potato casserole, like a dish of that uh, at, at Thanksgiving dinner. Um, when that goes away, which is, uh, you know, December 1st, we're going to be switching over to Nib Smuggler Chocolate Milk Porter, um, which is, uh, you know, our take on a, on a chocolate porter. Again, lots of lactose in there. We like this kind of rich, creamy mouthfeel on porters, even if they're in that 6% range. We like to have them have some body. So that one's got a lot of richness to it and just a ton of chocolate. Um, we also are releasing uh, on Black Friday at the brewery our Nikolai Vorloff Imperial Russian Stout. Um, so that's going to be uh, at the brewery, and then it'll go into distribution throughout Florida the following week. Uh, just a chewy, rich, you know, 10% imperial stout. Uh, and we do a lot of fun things with that, too, so we're excited to get that in bottles for the first time. Uh, and then um, I guess last but not least is Undefeated Saison. So uh, we're Dolphins fans, <laughs> which uh, carries its own baggage, I guess. I'm one too, and, brother, uh, <laughs> so I feel your pain. <laughs> So, uh, so this is kind of our ode to the, you know, the urban legend, if you will, of the 1972 uh, undefeated Dolphins team, and how they, you know, quote unquote, pop a bottle of champagne uh, when that last undefeated team loses each NFL season. So, what we decided to do is brew the saison with grape must. Uh, we use champagne yeast and uh, bottle condition it to give it, you know, a, a nice bit of carbonation, and wanted to kind of. You know, in some ways, mimic a champagne. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and give them something to celebrate with, that would be a little bit more fitting. So uh, we're going to release that uh, when the last undefeated team loses this year, uh, <laughs> if, if and when, because some of those teams look darn good, but I think they, they, they are going to go down if history tells us uh, correctly. They're going down, they're going down hard. <laughs> just, just wait, man. All right, John, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. we got some more beers we're going to have come up after the break, but really appreciate taking the time to give us a call. The beers we've had are phenomenal and love what you guys are doing and can't wait to see more of your stuff making it up this way. Well, thanks so much, guys. Uh, thanks for having me in the program, and cheers. Not a problem. Cheers, cheers, cheers brother. Thanks, man. Bye-bye. So another phenomenal brewery, another phenomenal interview with some great beers, and we have even more great beers, which I can't wait to crack into some of these we got coming up after the break. But before we go to break, I have a nice giveaway for everybody, which we haven't done in a while because, you know, sometimes just things happen, but we have a nice uh, giveaway from Funky Booty. You're going to get a whole... You have to fight me for it because it's <laughs> awesome You're going to have to fight Billy for this, but uh, we have some really cool stuff from Funky Booty. If you want to give us a call, you can win this prize package for yourself. Uh, give us a call. We'll do... Let's do caller three. It's a good number. It's a good, uh, quick, easy number. We'll do caller number three, 570-883-7135. That's 570-883. Oh, I'm reading the wrong number on the board. Yeah, five seven. <laughs> ignore that. If you're calling, I'm sorry, you're already lost. <laughs> Call 570-883-0098, 570-883-0098. Caller number three, you will get the Funky Buddha prize package. And we'll be back here after the break on the Beer Geeks, W-I-L-K. Dining, entertainment, adventure. Get it all at half price or more at GetMyPerks.com. You'll save money with great deals from all your favorite restaurants, golf courses, family fun centers, even half price tickets to local events. Stay in the know and sign up for the Get My Perks text club. Simply text PERKS to 99404 and you'll receive alerts about the latest deals right at your fingertips. Plus, be sure to check out GetMyPerks.com each day for the next premium perk of the day. Message and data rates may apply. I love the Petros, I love the Petros, and how they're here for me. I love the service and free delivery. My beds are never compromised, the way they're organized with NewPillBox.com. We're staying healthy, it's hassle-free. I love the Petros, the easy pharmacy. Last year, I struggled picking the right drug plan for my mom. There were so many different drug plans, and every day I would get a new offer in the mail from a different insurance company. Medicare Open Enrollment starts October 15th and ends the beginning of December. The Petros Pharmacy helped me navigate this difficult decision and even ended up saving me $1,000 for the year. Picking drug plans doesn't have to be challenging. I love DePetros Pharmacy. Contact them today so they can help you. Visit DePetrosPharmacy.com. I love DePetros, the easy Pharmacy. Good morning, Mr. Spencer. I hope this email finds you well. Hey, Donna. What was that? Your sleep. My sleep? Where are you? Good question. You look like crap, by the way. Hey. Just saying. I'd like to help, but you sleep on that busted pillow from college, and it's keeping me away. I'm sleeping. Oh, so you meant to put on two different shoes this morning. <gasps> Rear end that cop and call your boss, Cheryl. We're on a first name basis. His name is Larry. Oh. Get a my pillow, Donna. Your pillow? No, my pillow. It's a pillow customized to you. So it's yours, but it's called my pillow because just get it. Fine. Then we'll see how smart you are. Sleep? Yes, we will. Person talking to invisible nothingness. Try the adjustable, washable, incredibly comfortable my pillow and get the sleep you've been missing, whether you know it or not. Okay, let's regroup on Wednesday. Donna, get some sleep. I'm on it, Cheryl. Make your pillow my pillow. Hi, this is Sue Henry. Get my pillow today by using the promo code WILK and calling 1 800 544 7893. That's 1 800 544 7893. Pouring some beer and we're off mic and it's getting all over the place. We didn't spill though. We have not spilled here in quite some time, thankfully. Well, I wasn't moving fast enough for George. Yeah, George He's ready, ready to come over the table. Yeah. yeah, George needs his beer. He needs it now. That's right. <laughs> so we we poured. Uh, after talking to John, we were kind of going through back and forth what beers we we're going to do next. We we just poured some of the undefeated saison that he was talking about because it just sounded too good. And uh, you know we're in the midst of football season too, so why not? Uh, it's a six point two percent saison. Now what I was saying is like you know most a lot of saisons people love to age in wine barrels or have grape with it, and you hear that all the time kicked around, but you don't. It doesn't come through in the beer for a lot of them that I've had that they make those claims like this. 
definitely comes through and you could actually see the color change a little bit from it and everything. It, it's not as uh, bright as a lot of Saison's or anything. It, it's definitely still a Saison, still has those characteristics, but it's just like you actually get the grape coming through a lot. And it's like, I could really see myself celebrating with this one. I like anything that says must. Yeah. <laughs> and it, sometimes when you um, get a ton of grape must in a beer, a lot of times you'll almost... Um, Edge toward being sour. Yeah, you'll muddle it yeah, a little yeah. too much. Yeah, but with this having the champagne yeast in it and being a bit drier, it yeah. just kind of works. It's not. It's definitely not tart or even sour. No, which gives you a nice a grape mustiness. There's a word for you. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's it's pretty damn nice. It's no. it's a departure from what they usually do to, uh, or the beers we've had from yeah. them. Um, so it's pretty damn pretty yeah, damn this, interesting. This, this is really, and, and you could see like that. You know, he was saying they wanted to have this as an inspiration for that, and like kind of replacing champagne. I could easily see this doing that, but it has. Like the drying quality in this from that champagne yeast is is really something special and just really nice within that. But I love the grape characteristics. It's not overtaking. It's not taking on a sour note because you know in in the saison as we've talked on here before is a style that can kind of go in any freaking direction you can yeah. think of. And if it has a little bit of sour, I mean, then it's like, well, that's the classic saison. Which okay, I get that. But it's like you know you're you're trying to do all these different things and you, you don't. You need someone that understands how these ingredients are going to work and to keep that balance and have that flavor. And, and if you're going to go through and you're making this statement of, like, you want it to kind of be replacing champagne, if you will, um, it should have more of a drying characteristic. And this just hits that in spades. And it's just a really super easy drinking. I mean, if you're a fan of, if even, I would say even if you're a fan of, like, champagne or wine or anything like that, like, you would love this beer. Listen, as a Miami Dolphins fan, this is just fantastic. <laughs> and at 7.2, 7.7%, they should have made it 7.2%. That should be the on the back of the bottle. Matt from Matt's Beer Review mm. says, as a Miami Dolphins fan, this is fantastic. Hey, I'm a wordsmith. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's neat to like the, the bottle when you, when you see it and everything because I honestly, when I got it, I wasn't paying attention to it and then as he said that, I'm like, oh, 1972. I completely I get it. I did not notice any of that. And as he's saying that, I'm like, oh, it makes complete sense. So this definitely means, you know what, even if you are a Miami Dolphins fan, this would probably be a collector's item for you too. And I'm sure they're going to have a lot of people down there going after that once that, I don't know if there's a say on the back of the bottle. I have not read the bottle. Does it uh, say anything about that on the back? Yes. Okay. Yeah, it says the, on the one side, it, it reads down the whole the whole history of the okay. greatest team in the history of the NFL. Yes. <laughs> greatest? Is it a, who else? Went all right, I'm just, okay. okay. You know what? Oh, we're getting fighting on here. We need to go That's back. True. We need to go back on the sports station. How many, teams, how many teams have finished the season and won a Super Bowl undefeated? One. Yep, that is true. There was another one that kind of flubbed that in the end, but yep. uh, we won't go down. There's, there's there's lots of teams that finished undefeated and won championships. I'll just remind. Mm, you yeah, well, when when they w- didn't wear helmets and and played just, with a hey, an just actual pig. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> oh god! I did not picture and this. This show anyway. going that direction. We have fun here. Oh uh, yeah, but it's fun because we go off on tangents into anything is open game right here. Yeah. Uh, so now we're pouring. This is uh, what John was saying. This is their fall seasonal. Um, you know, we, we've had we've had whole pumpkin beer shows on here. We've had numerous ones in the past of just full on pumpkin beers, and we didn't even scratch the surface on the amount that are out there because it's just never ending. Um, so what they decided to do was take this in a different direction. They went for sweet potato casserole. And this is a 7.9%. Technically, it falls into that you know fruit, vegetable, beer thing, but it's, it's a strong ale. Um, so there's a little bit of heft to it and everything, but it's just a total spin away from the traditional pumpkin stylings. You know, and then there's... And you can see why you would do that to, you know, one, differentiate yourself, and two, you know, if the pool's already filled, do you really want to just jump right in there? You know, you're going to land on some kid or, you know, some large man that's swimming around. I don't know. <laughs> that's, that's a thing. I'm trying to make some there's descriptor of jumping into a pool There's pumpkin pool. beers and then there's like fall yeah. fall kind of beers, kind of like we did last week with came with Fall Saints. That, you know, was the butternut, was it butternut squash? Butternut squash, squash yeah. They yeah. put in there. So it's like, you know, like that isn't a pumpkin beer, but it's definitely a fall beer. So yeah. there's a differentiation between the two. Yeah, and, it, and it's also nice to have this because, I mean, this, this is definitely one I will say, you know, there's a lot of beers people have descriptors or saying that, oh, it tastes like whatever food you're trying to go for. doesn't always hit that in spades. Like It's kind of like, oh, I kind of get what they're going for. This tastes like sweet potato cat. You actually get the marshmallows coming yeah. through, which like that that in and of itself is like kind of an impressive feat to have. I mean, this really tastes like this is one I would it would be really great to have for Thanksgiving. Like have this sitting around for everybody to have with everything else and sit down, have your sweet potato casserole. Or make your sweet potato casserole with sweet potato casserole. Mm-hmm. 
See, I, I make a killer sweet potato. I will All pat right. myself on the back. Okay. I will I will bury Horowitz myself. Come on, if you get that <laughs> reference, then you, we're, we're diving deep. Um, but no, it's a, it, this is a really, it, it's just interesting to have that with the, with the marshmallow because, you know, sometimes you throw ingredients in, and that's the one thing I will say, like, they, they have that on there uh, on, the, on their website even that if if you're if we claim that there's an ingredient in there you're going to taste it like they have that spelled out on the website as part of their mantra with everything they do at the brewery was we're not going to claim that i don't know it's a chocolate whatever beer like it, it did not have that much chocolate coming through and it, it's not over the top like everything that's we, we've said on here like the even the last snow everything has these flavors and spades but it's not over the top it's balanced but you definitely get everything that they're saying is going to be in there it is definitely in there, and you. It's just interesting to get like the flavor of marshmallows coming through in a beer. Not overly sweet. It still has like a balance to it. And it's actually, from what we're describing, you'd probably you're probably picturing some kind of dark, murky pumpkin beer, like an amber ale thing. This is actually surprisingly clear with everything that's in there. It, it's a lot lighter looking than it is. Like it's almost like it, copper. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's a lot lighter than you would picture, and you can see right through. It's clear. It's not overly murky like you know some imperial pumpkin beers get, where they're just big, huge, hefty things. But there, there's a lot going on within this one. And it's like I could definitely, for Thanksgiving, one of the perfect beers to have sitting around for Thanksgiving, especially if you are jaded and burned out on pumpkin beers. We'll put it that way. Which <laughs> I know we have one right over here. <laughs> I know. <a> guy. <laughs> no, this would definitely go good with uh, you know, you know, you chug it next to the family if you're <laughs> if you're with them. If you're with them, you know, so, which which I love being with them, my, you know, my family, but you know, for for those families that you yeah. know need the alcohol for to the get, rest to of America get by, <laughs> to get by, uh, this would certainly be one to uh, accomplish that. Yeah, no, that that's what the 7.9% uh, you do not notice it at all. Like it's not coming through. It's not, uh, you know, overly harsh. You're not getting a bunch of burn from the back end of that. But uh, the next one we're getting into is much bigger. Uh, it falls in line with one of the ones that we were talking about before with the, I'm trying to move stuff around with the maple bacon coffee porter. Now we have, this is morning wood, which is basically maple bacon coffee porter barrel aged. Uh, is it bourbon barrel aged, George? You have the bottle in front of you. I, I, I believe that's what it yeah, is. Yeah, barrel aged. Is it bourbon barrel though? Or did it just say barrel aged. Just says barrel. Okay. Oh, bourbon barrel at the bottom. Jeez, you know, you ask a guy a question, you can't get a simple answer. <laughs> it says on top and bottom. You want me to do two things at once, man? <laughs> this is twelve uh, percent ABV. So th- this is taking, uh, you know, what they have with that great beer that, that's really sought after, and this is one you're going to get at the brewery. So definitely, if if you are planning any of your trips, and even as we were going through when we were doing the interview, all of us looking around, I'm thinking we got to plan a Florida trip down there because there's so many great things. That's what's awesome. All the breweries we have on. I really like to showcase stuff that, like, you know, you can only get at the brewery. Because that's the one thing to keep in mind. Like, a lot of the beers we have, not all of them are widely available. And sometimes you have to go to the brewery to go get it. And you know what? It's even more reason to go to these great breweries that we have on here with their beers. Like, to get down there, visit the brewery. You can, most of the time, you get to, that's what's cool with the, the, the even the moderately sized craft beer breweries. Like, the owners are floating around there all the time, and they're more than happy to sit there and talk to you about any of the beers that you're enjoying because they want you to have more information about that. But after all that long wind, I didn't even say the name of the beer yet. This is Morningwood. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think you right. introduced it. Yes. <laughs> it's a cool label. It's like a pig riding a, a barrel. Well, it's their, it's their bacon maple porter is, okay. that's that oh. uh, barrel-aged. Um, I believe sip. it's like over a year they barrel age, and I believe I, I think I think it says the say it on there how long. I, I, I'll read labels when I get the stuff, and then it just it, it just says <laughs> I don't know why I do it. It just says for months. Okay, yeah. No, this this is I mean, oh, this is one of those things that you take a sip and you just kind of want to be quiet for a little while because this just is. I love like I said it last week. Like I love a good coffee beer. Like I love a beer that has a use of coffee with it and just does it the right way that you get it subtle like I, with Sunday brunch that we had last week like it, it this just has it's so incredibly smooth and for it being 12% I have you, you don't even know that it is Not there's, at all. there's there's no burn yeah I mean anytime you take maple syrup in the bourbon barrel mm-hmm. and kind of mix those two together you're kind of dealing with the <laughs> Billy's perfectness happy. so maple, I'm, yeah, I'm all yeah. about maple syrup yeah I use maple I use maple sugar in my coffee <laughs> oh really yeah <laughs> 
So Billy's Billy's yeah. gung ho about all of that. Yeah. But no, it's, just, it's nice because like you do, like as I said before, they put whatever ingredients they say there is going to be in the beer. You get it. You get maple syrup coming through. You get coffee. You can tell it's barrel aged a little bit, but there's no burn from it. Because that's right. Some bourbon barrel aged beers like that burn that comes through is a little off putting. Like yeah, it's nice to get that because that's what the flavor you want. That's why you use that barrel. But it can be a little off-putting sometimes to to have that come through a little bit and just kind of burn. And you don't really want that, especially in something like this with the coffee. Like, I I just want it super smooth. Like, I am a... Now, besides being a little bit of a snob with my beer, I'm a huge snob with my coffee. I will put that one out there. So I, I, I don't like something that's too acidic. Like, I will kind of pick that one apart a little bit. And it's just this is super smooth all around. I, I would not want that that bourbon to kind of screw it up on me. And you have to give credit to where uh, when credit's due. I mean, a lot of companies, a lot of uh, breweries try to work with, um, you know, again, adjuncts like these different spices and flavors. And, and you can get, they can go left field really quick on you yeah. a lot of times and just not work and they have a pretty firm grasp with dealing with these flavors and bringing them oh, all together I, this is just I don't want the show to end yeah. I, I want this bottle to never <laughs> empty and I want the show to never end and just kind of sit here this is this is one like if you are a fan of you know uh, CBS from Founders or thing, like you will absolutely love this beer like any any kind of bourbon barrel aged stout fan this is absolutely one to to just seek out and like just that that hint of maple syrup in that is just it's so good and it just like this is a brunch beer in and of itself yeah. just kind of sit down this is this is warmer. brunch <laughs> put it that way yeah, yeah. this is this is brunch for us it is yeah <laughs> this is my brunch um but no this is especially for this time of year sitting around having this on a cold like that's what's weird to me too is like thinking about it in florida like a cold winter night for them is like the weather we're having today up here. It's like, that's like the coldest you're going to get. Like, oh, in the 50s. Oh, it's a tough one today. <laughs> but having this on a cold winter night, like this is, oh, I could just, that's that's a little slice of heaven on earth. Yeah. Put it that way. <laughs> Put some Barry Manilow on right now, and I'm oh, just going to sit back. And wait, <laughs> pump the brakes on that one, brother. <laughs> you just ruined the mood. We're all, we're all in it. We're all grooving here. Barry, we're uh, all... Barry White, sorry. I meant Barry White. Oh, okay. I, was, yeah, I didn't mean yeah. Barry Manilow. Sorry. Yeah. I didn't want to. There's no, I, no, Mandy, the no Mandy's coming I, out here. I knew where you were going. <laughs> I was getting a little sexy. I wasn't getting uh, kind of weird. Weird and cheesy? Yeah, yeah. But uh, no, this is an absolute. I mean, everything we've had today, like Funky Buddha, you know, as soon as I posted we were doing this, I got a lot of great feedback from people that have had this brewery, and I did not hear a single negative thing said about anything from this brewery, which is an awesome thing. And to note, they're only really in Florida and getting up into our area, which is awesome, even more reason, like, Get down and, and find this brewery. You can find things here and there, and absolutely must try for when you when you come across them. But you know, to have this kind of following and have that small of a distribution footprint, if it put, put print is really saying something about the brewery. Like that's the thing people need to keep in mind. You know, we hear about these breweries sometimes, but when they're not a widely distributed brewery, you're hearing about it solely on word of mouth. Like that's how good it is. And sometimes, yeah, the hype can crush some beers. But I don't think Funky Buddha, to me, has hype. It's just, this is good. You should try it. And that's what you want. That's the key area, the sweet spot to be in for a brewery. It's just, this is really good beer. You need to try it. You need to find it wherever you can. And that's what I will tell you about Funky Buddha is definitely, if you come across anything from them, pick it up. And if you come across Morningwood, grab it. <laughs> Oh, God, never mind. Amazing. God. Oh, All right. <laughs> this is why they named this beer that, just to screw with me. <laughs> now we're getting canned. See what happens? <laughs> it's been All a right. good run. So <laughs> next week we have on the show Sour Beer Legend. We're going to have uh, Jay Goodwin from Rare Barrel on. We're going to be diving into everything Rare Barrel, going through some really good sour beer. So tune in next week. We'll be back here on the Beer Geeks. W-I-L-K. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.